This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Wondering where to start? Do you have questions about mortgage and real estate and need honest, accurate answers? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Educated Home Buyer with expert real estate broker, Jeb Smith, and certified mortgage consultant, Josh Lewis, where we discuss everything you need to know to buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership. Welcome back to The Educated Home Buyer, where our goal is to help you buy right, borrow smart, and build wealth through real estate ownership and financing. So Josh, at the moment, there's a term floating around the internet, news headlines everywhere talking about a housing recession. So let's take a minute here and actually talk about what a housing recession is. Is there such thing as a housing recession? So I'm going to throw it your way. Yes, you know, just kind of go over the basics of, of, of a housing recession, and then we can talk about how it applies to the current market, what happens during a recession, what they're actually talking about when they use the term housing recession. Absolutely. So let, let's look at this. Um, we have a housing market. Um, everyone knows what the housing market is. We have recession, um, depression. Everyone knows what those concepts are. The fun part is we live in a modern age of news media where they are measuring and they have analytics on everything. So they know what gets clicks. So it would be very interesting to find out if the media made this up as sort of a mashup of terms because they, they saw it was getting clicks. But last month, we had the National Association of Home Builders. Their chief economist, Robert Dietz, was the first person that I saw put it in, in print. He had a, a comment where he said, tighter monetary policy from the Federal Reserve and persistently elevated construction costs have brought on a housing recession. So super tempting to say clickbait made up term. Um, it may have caught on for that reason, but what we're going to talk about today, it, it is it is a real thing. So what is uh, a recession? It's a slowing of economic activity. You know, we, we had the big debate, Jeb, last month. The Biden administration wanted to go away from sort of the textbook definition that everyone has used for the last 50 years, which is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. So if we wanted to say, what is a housing recession, we would follow something along those lines. A couple of consecutive quarters where the segment of the economy encapsulated by housing um, was having negative growth. And we're, we're not there. Housing um, until the last quarter had done very well. So the, the question it, uh, to me, Jeb, it almost comes about, does it matter if we're in a recession or does it matter what's happening? Um, most times with a recession, it's called many quarters in after it actually happened. Sometimes the recession is actually over before the, the government says that was a recession. So what matters for us is what actually happens with the housing market. But that whole idea of a housing recession, um, it's a slowing of the housing market. So with that, Jeb, what, what, what does that mean? We're coming off the most insane hot housing market uh, in the history of the world post COVID for the last two years. So any contraction from that would be a housing recession, right? Yeah, it's a slowing down. Um, you know, I, I mean, I hear the term recession, I think slow growth, right? I mean, or, or, or slow activity, um, if you will, in some cases, like you mentioned, negative 
you know, quarters of, of GDP in, in the sense of, of the housing market, you might think negative quarters again of, of housing prices at the moment, we're still seeing year over year gains um, in the double digits uh, month over month. We're, we're declining slightly, uh, but it's it's in no way a, a, a negative thing. It's it's a deceleration. Right. So prices just aren't appreciating at the pace that they were. And I think when you mentioned a moment ago, things getting back to normal, I think it's very difficult. And, and these are conversations that I'm having out there to explain to people, you know, because people have short memories, right? They, they, most people, like we've talked in, in, in earlier episodes, have biases towards different things. Um, and if you believe a crash is coming or you believe that housing is going to go down in value, that's, that's what you believe. And therefore you're seeking out information that, you know, gives you what you want to hear in many cases. And so when you when you talk about normalization, you know, coming off two years, 35, 40 percent in appreciation, we know, you know, just that's not that can't continue forever. Right. I mean, it's it's just it, it's really simple for me to understand that it's, it's logical um, to think at some point things have to pull back. Well, the the media and and the doom and gloomers out there use that as an opportunity to say well this is this is exactly what's going to happen we've been talking about this see home prices are no longer appreciating therefore they have to fall no they don't have to fall they just can't do what they've been doing and therefore now we're in this recession if you will because we're seeing some slowing in the market so it's a confusing headline um, and even the, the word normal can be confusing in the market because what is normal? Well, I can tell you prior to the pandemic, normal would mean this time of year, we would start to see slowing in the market. In fact, it would probably start at the beginning of August because a lot of kids start to go back to school across the nation in different areas. And as the kids go back to school, parents typically don't like to move their kids once they're in a school district for one reason or another. Um, and you start, you know, getting into the holiday season, things slow down, right? We've talked about seasonality in the market. This is a time of the year when, when we naturally get a slowdown in the market. And so on top of rising rates affecting affordability, right? Demand, that that's affecting demand. Therefore, inventory is, you know, there's inventory sitting longer on the market, days on the market are going up, or even seeing price drops, right? Some markets, you know, 40, 50% of the homes on the market have seen some sort of price drop. But here's the thing, in a normal market, you have price drops in a normal market, you have homes that are overpriced, that tend to sit on the market a little bit longer. Is it exaggerated a little bit at the moment because of some of these uh, additional factors like higher rates? Sure, possibly. Uh, it very well could be. Or it could just be more of that seasonality coming back into play. Now, I will go and say, I think it's more of, you know, seasonality on top of, you know, an already slowing market because of the things we experienced. But to me, that's just getting back to normal, Josh. No, hundred uh, percent. And you had said something really important. So you and I are here in California. We look at the market nationwide, but something really important in California is we don't have weather seasonality. You can sell a house any month of the year. The worst case, you might have to bring an umbrella when you're going to look at it. So even with that, 
Um, historically, we talk about appreciation nationwide averages about 4.6%. It's higher than that in California, above 5%. But we get about 80% of that appreciation between Super Bowl Sunday and, uh, and Labor Day every year. So that tells you that the other 20% of the year or the other 20% of appreciation is stretched out over five months we get very little. So if the market's going to slow, this is going to be the slowest time of the year. So when we're coming off of, of the last two years, we're just insane. It would be sort of like post 2008 when we saw a little spike in, in uh, home prices in 2010 that we would say home prices are shooting up. They're, they're not. They started to slowly trend up. So we're going to see normalization. We're not going to see it in month over month figures. We're going to see the start of a trend. We're going to see a change. It would be pretty easy for us both to say, hey, we're not going to see double digit appreciation next year based off of what we've seen, but very premature to say that we're going to see prices drop when we're hitting the point of the year that has the least activity. Um, you know, we saw sort of the late months of the summer when rates shot really high that um, supply came to the market as the really motivated sellers were like, my window might be closing. I had to get my house on the market. Now, most of those people that were really motivated sellers are out of the market. So we're seeing a, a, a seasonal decrease in additional supply of homes for sale. And then also just a change of, of people realizing for many reasons that uh, moving is, is a difficult uh, thing to do if you're going to buy again in that you're going to give up a really good interest rate and home prices uh, are high and it's still competitive out there, even though much better um, than what it was. And Jeb, like, again, what I always like to talk about, everyone has a very, very short memory. This time last year, every buyer we talked to was just disheartened that it's an auction, it's bidding, I'm losing out to cash buyers, I'm losing out to investors. So now we see more normalization. We're still, for us in California, about half of the normal uh, supply of homes for sale. But with this, we have people either in a depressed state that, you know, oh, I finally get ready to buy and then now home prices are dropping, which again, depending on how you look and analyze the data, you may think that, but we're not going to know for a period of time. Um, and the the other thought is that, you know, where, why why am I not just being able to walk in and, and get a great deal? Or they think they can walk in and get a great deal because they're seeing in the headlines this negative news and it's not meshing with the reality out there. There may be markets there. We talk a lot that um, there is no such thing as the nationwide housing market. There's every local market and even micro markets with inside of that. So you may have areas that have really slowed. Um, so that was sort of my thought on the normalization versus recession. They're talking about the same thing, but that's what we're talking about. And Jeb, maybe comment on this. The, the person whose comment that we came up with was the the uh, the chief economist for the National Association of Home Builders. Mm -hmm. Home builders are a very different type of seller than any other type of seller. It would be like if Ford, um, they only sell cars, so they're very concerned with what's going to happen if there was a seasonality or if so many people bought cars the last two years that it sort of fell off the cliff. So from that perspective, a home builder and, and they're looking at a recession in their industry and what their prospects are going forward is very different than homeowners, buyers and sellers and even investors. You have any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, a couple. Um, you know, part of the reason that we're in or that we had the boom that we did over the past couple of years, I mean, take the Fed out of the equation. I mean, obviously, they, they added fuel to the fire, but there was already a fire prior to the Fed adding that fuel and that fire was a low supply of homes versus buyer demand. And so what we saw was, you know, we we had that low supply of homes, we had buyer demand, the market was hot. We've, you know, we've been moving for the last 10 years 
um, upwards and, and had competitive markets. Homes were selling, you know, at asking price above asking, just like what quote unquote a normal market would be. Pandemic happened, low rates went down, buying mortgage-backed securities, you know the story. And the, the, the market went crazy along with, you know, being able to work from home and all of that craziness. And one thing I said a couple of months back is that, you know, if we approach, if we start to have a recession, if, if that becomes fruition, if you will, what, what do home builders do? Typically, in that case, a home builder is looking out, you know, months, years in advance because they can't just, you know, go build a house tomorrow. It, it takes planning. It takes buying land. It, there's, there's a process involved when doing that. And so I said, as a recession comes, what's going to happen is home builders are going to stop building. Well, that's essentially the we're in the beginnings of of that happening at the moment. Now, what you're hearing on the news is that, you know, people are backing out of contracts and that there's all these homes complete and that no one's buying them and that builders are having to reduce, you know, prices and, and give away, you know, the farm, if you will, to get buyers in. And maybe in some markets, that's the case. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But what I want to stress is that in a recession, home builders aren't going to continue to build at the pace that they've been building over the last two years, right? They kind of ramped up building in that two-year period because there was an opportunity. If we get these homes on the market, we get them under contract, we can sell these properties. And, and they kind of rushed them to the market. And then we had supply constraints, which have held some of these back and so on and so forth. But as the recession comes, these builders say, you know what? I'm not, I've been through 2008. I'm not doing, or, you know, 2006 or whatever number you want to use from, from back in the day when they were building houses. I don't want to do that again. I'm not building that many homes. Therefore, home builders are going to stop building. Well, that only adds additional fuel to the fire later on when the market does start to correct itself back the other way, right? So we've had, we're going to have home prices moderate for a couple of years, probably to get back to that trend that, that we always talk about. But at some point, the housing market is going to continue upwards again. And with builders not building homes, you're going to continue to have a supply issue long term, which is only making housing more of an asset long term, right? So buying a house now makes sense because you know in the future, supply is going to be limited. Um, now, I kind of went off on a tailspin there, Josh, about you know housing and, and new construction and all of that. But I mean, let's let's take a minute here and get and get your spin on it. Well, why why don't we kind of circle back? Because there's really not a ton to be said about this topic other than it's in the news. So is there a housing recession? Meaning is the housing industry contracting? Yes. Um, is it really a normalization? Yes. But for those of you who tune in here and listen to us talk, it's not for fun and entertainment. Jeb and I are interesting guys, but not when we're talking about uh, mortgage and real estate. But from from there, what does it mean for you? it means nothing different than what Jeb and I have talked about for the 20 years that we've been in this business. What well, work with experts in your area that know your market and can show you actual data. Don't take your, your marching orders from what you're seeing in the media, what you're hearing on the news, because that's spin just designed to get eyeballs and advertising dollars. You want someone who can actually show you data. And that doesn't mean, I've, I've got a quote from uh, the chief economist for the National Association of Realtors in 2007, a, a week before he left the job. Someone asked him, hey, what do you think about the housing market? He said, well, ask me next 
next week when I'm no longer employed by the National Association of Realtors. So Jeb and I make our money off of mortgage real estate. So by all means, do we have a vested interest in this industry doing well? Yeah, but more importantly, as long-term veterans of this industry, as my 26th year, Jeb's over 20 years, my, my livelihood depends on giving people good advice. So they come back the next time they need a transaction and they refer their friends and family. So you need to find someone that understands the market and can help you wade through the data and understand your local market where you're looking at buying. No, for sure. And and with that being said, there's a link in the description of this, this podcast where you can go and we can refer you to a mortgage professional, a real estate agent anywhere in the country and get you connected to somebody we know, like, and trust, and that you'll be happy doing business with. But a moment ago, I alluded to home builders and, and building this, you know, this plethora, if you if you will, of, of new homes and, and how they're reducing prices. And I want to touch back on that because I mentioned that I would. So you're hearing in the news how many homes are out there and that they're just, you know, that all this inventory of new homes is going to hit the market. So let's take a minute here and just and just kind of talk about what what that headline out there is. So there's a percentage of homes that are actually complete on the market at the moment. It's a small percentage of new construction homes that are that are fully built on the market ready to sell. Well, in some markets there you know there's multiple builders in those markets and buying has dried up some just because of affordability issues. Those those uh, companies if you will, those builders are now more inclined to work with with buyers. They're they're not in the business of holding properties long term, right? They're in there to make a profit. And let's be honest, their profits Probably, you know, even with some of the pullbacks that they're doing in prices and some of the incentives that they're giving, that the price that they're going to get for that property is probably higher than what they had originally forecasted when they were thinking about building those homes just because of what the market has done. But with that said, there are some opportunities on some of those properties. If you're in an area that has a lot of new construction and they're completed and no one's buying them, those could be opportunities for you. But when you hear that all of these new properties are going to hit the market, there's a percentage of them that are done, but there's a larger percentage of homes, like three-fourths of the homes that we're talking about here that are in some stage of being built. These aren't homes that are available for sale. So don't think that, you know, these builders are just going to give you a home because there, there's, you know, homes in the pipeline, a lot of these homes in the pipeline are accounted for. They're under contract. These aren't spec built homes. So will some of those people back out? Sure. Are some of those properties going to be available? Sure. But I don't think it's going to create this cascading effect that a lot of people are hoping and wanting to see. And then lastly, on top of that, you have homes where permits have been pulled on those and they're counting these homes in the number of, of new construction homes. Well, there's just a permit pulled. There's no house being built. There's no foundation in the ground. Dirt's not broken on most of these properties. And those homes are probably not going to be built unless that builder is confident in the market that they're in that they're going to be able to sell those properties. So those homes are probably never going to come to the market in the current environment unless something changes, unless they see an opportunity there. So just want to make sure you understand what the headlines are versus just reading the headline and saying all of this is going to hit the market. Yeah, it is going to hit the market, but some of them are accounted for. A lot of them are going to hit the market at different times. You're not going to see all of these homes come to the market on the same day. And, and understand there's 50 states. There's a lot of property out there. It's going to happen in a lot of different markets, not just one, Josh. You know, and Jeb, the thing that you just said made me think of it. 
we're not going to learn a ton by the month over month data. We can learn, but people making reactionary conclusions about it, when we're really gonna see where the rubber hits the road is next spring. We're gonna see sure. how strong the market is, how many homes come to the market, how many buyers are ready to buy them, and what happens with interest rates and does affordability remain strained because of high interest rates, high relative to, to what we saw two years ago versus still historically rather low. I, you know. We saw that the numbers this week rates on average were in the low sixes. I bought my first home in 97 with a 6.875 interest rate. And we were like, this is amazing. No one will ever get a rate this low ever again. It's under 7%. So it's all historical and, and relative to the historical data. But the important part is the affordability, where the home prices and that interest rate and current incomes come into play. So affordability has been pushed to low levels. And if interest rates moderate as inflation recedes into the spring, um, less sellers bring their homes onto the market, uh, we could see, uh, again, our normal seasonal increase in the spring. If rates stay elevated, more sellers get through the, the winter and decide to bring their homes to the market, you could see home values um, decreasing. But we're not going to know until we really get into next year's buying season. So it's important. We can watch the data. We can follow up. We can track it. But really, the year-over-year -year data is the important stuff. And the year-over-year -year stuff right now is telling us the market's still really hot, which we know is aged and dated data. So we got to get into the spring and see what it actually looks like. No, good, good point. And, and so earlier, we started this by talking about recessions. And we talked about, you know, what a recession is, you know, the slowing of, of basically the economy, um, less growth, if you will. What actually happens during a recession, Josh? What, what should we be concerned with, right? We're, we're hearing about job losses. We're hearing about home prices potentially going down. What what actually happens during a recession? So historically, other than the two recessions that were actually caused or led by housing, the SNL crisis in the late 80s, and then the housing crash and bubble with, with the subprime mortgages in 2007, 2008, um, home prices have held up really well through recessions. Now, we talk about Fed hiking. Fed, at their last announcement when they, they raised rates, they said, um, we are prepared to inflict some pain on the economy. We know it's going to happen, but it's necessary. So what is that pain? It's a higher uh, unemployment rate. So uh, again, uh, a recession... I think it was Ronald Reagan was famous for saying is a recession is when your neighbor loses their job. A depression is when you lose yours. Um, I think the projection that I saw today was that we might see unemployment run as high as, as five or six percent, which is a one and a half, two percent increase from where we're at right now. So it sounds really small, but in a giant economy with a lot of workers like we have, that impacts a lot of people, typically at the lower end of the wage scale. Um, but there, it would be naive and foolish to say that no one at the higher income uh, points also uh, get impacted when there's downsizing. No, good. And and then you know one thing we we talk about is is people losing jobs, right? One of those sectors that's going to be hit is is construction, right? That's going to affect housing. That's going to affect properties being built. That's going to at some point in the future affect supply. Now, you know. We're again, and not here forecasting, just trying to give you an idea that when you hear these headlines, you know, dive a little bit deeper into what it means. You know, Josh, a moment ago, you mentioned which sectors are getting affected. Typically, the lower end is getting affected. In my experience, the lower end aren't typically homeowners in a lot of markets. Now, in some markets, maybe they are, um, you know, and, and if they own homes, maybe those homes result in some sort of distress and those properties end up in the market. But the majority of people out there at the moment have equity, right? We're still getting, you know, big numbers. I mean, you know, the, the latest report for, for home equity came out today from, I forget which source it was, um, talking about, you know, 
I think another three trillion dollars created in in homeowners in in the second quarter of of 2022. They said the average homeowner in California had somewhere around a hundred thousand dollars gained in in the last quarter with regards to um, appreciation, or maybe it was the last year. I, I don't remember the number exactly. I'll look it up here while while you're talking. But what happens to housing typically during during a recession? Like I said, housing is held up very well. Other but, than the two why, recessions, like, why? Why do people people put money in it? Like, why do the why do the wealthy continue to buy houses? Right there, the, the, I read in Wall Street Journal today. Some big hedge fund guy, Ken Griffin, buys a hundred and six million dollar property in Miami today. We know a recession is is coming, right? I mean, technically, but we're in one at the moment. So why does somebody like that? buy a property for $106 million? Why isn't he waiting three months, six months in getting a deal on a property like that? Because some people are so wealthy, they don't care. Uh, well, you can buy a $100 million dollar house, you don't care about what's happening in the economy. But the the reality is it impacts a small amount of people. And we, going back to the idea of a housing recession, what would we, would we be likely to see? It's not necessarily that we see home prices come down a lot. You see sales volume decrease. As people during a recession, there's uncertainty. They don't know what's happening with their job. They're not as likely to buy stuff, move around. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're going to go and sell their home also. And that's especially true in the current market. For someone who bought pre-COVID or even in the first year of COVID, they're sitting on their down payment plus 25% plus of gains there. So meaning that it would probably cost more to rent a similar property than it costs to own, and they have a ton of equity, and they have a low interest rate. So if there's any way to, to hold on to the home, they're going to hold on to the home. Now, if you're one of those unfortunate people that didn't have reserves, you lose your job, that may bring some additional supply to the market. But in that same Black Knight report, they're showing that uh, delinquencies are up but they're also at historically trivially low levels. Right. So we're not seeing any form of distress in the market. Um, will that change? Will that increase? They have nowhere to go but up. And you'll see crazy clickbait headlines based around that, that it goes up from 0.2% to 0.3%. And instead of saying delinquencies are nine, instead of saying 99.7% of homeowners are on time with their payments, they're gonna say delinquencies up 50% over the last quarter. No. So you have to take the numbers with a grain of salt and, and not uh, see you have to see through the spin that the media tries to throw on the numbers. Like literally, Jeb, every day you and I look at a headline and you're like, if you read that headline, you think that was the most atrocious data you've ever seen. And you dig into the report and you're like, it's nothing. There's nothing no, in that's, there. That's it. I mean, that's <laughs> you said said it exactly right. I, I get I get so because I look at so much housing data, um, I get, you know, my phone feeds me what I want to read. Right. So they think I want to read about crashes and all of this stuff. And I see some of these headlines and I say, okay, I'd love to know what they're they're talking about on this headline. And honestly, half the time they don't even address the headline. It's just a headline to get you to click. And then the story talks a little bit about the market going down, but they never actually talk about the headline itself. So it, again, it's an attention grabber. But while you were talking there, I did look it up. So it's CoreLogic that came out with their home ec homeowner equity report. It came out today. It basically said the total average equity per homeowner hits a record high of $300,000 in Q2. Homeowners with mortgages gained a collective $3.6 year over year in the second quarter of 2022. So that was year over year in the second quarter, $3.6 Borrowers in Hawaii, California, and Florida at least gained at least $100,000 in equity since the second quarter of 2021. So year over year. 
you know, second quarter, uh, second quarter of 2021 to 2022, uh, $100,000 in equity gain. So the majority of people out there have some equity. So if home prices do pull back, you're still likely going to have, you know, um, some room there to sell that property if need be. So Jeb, a couple of additional pieces of data. I know we're trying to wrap it up here, but a couple of additional pieces of data. Black Knight came out with their report uh, where they were talking about the tappable equity, but the more important part is that the average leverage on a home in the United States is 42%, meaning the average homeowner has 58% equity in their home. So that goes back to- um, if That's you're not going, a sexy headline though. If you're, if you're going to sell that house and rent, you are going to pay more to rent a similar house. Now you're gonna have a big chunk of money sitting in the bank. Right. So it's not to say that no one will do it or they couldn't do it, but most people prefer to own once they've been homeowners. The other figure that came out that said 80% of people, if, if how home prices dropped 5%, 80% of those who would be upside down are those who bought in the first quarter of this year or yeah. later. It's, it's, I mean, it's a very small amount of people who came very late to the game. If we saw a 5% reduction, you know, on the, the live show this week, Jeb, we had a slide, we showed five different uh, experts uh, arranged from anywhere from 3%, their expectation of 3% appreciation next year down to 4% negative. Um, and one of them went forward two years at another 5%. So the most pessimistic said, maybe we see a 10% correction. Most of them see very small incremental gains over the next few years. People are not going to be end up upside down and they're not going to be destroyed stressed and having forced sales in a large volume that would bring the market down uh, on its own. We may see some market normalization just based off of affordability, depending on what happens with rates, but that's where we're at. No. And if you're one of those people that bought in 2022 and, and you're thinking, well, you know what, this is, you know, what I feared the market's going to go down. Here's the deal. Unless you plan on selling that property, unless you have to get out of it, you're, there's nothing changing in your life. You just got to continue making the mortgage payments, go to your job, do your life. And eventually that's going to correct itself if that in fact does happen. But the reality is, you know, if you bought for the right reasons, you have that longer term time horizon, you got some money in the bank in case something happens, you're comfortable with the payment, eh, very little to worry about because at the end of the day, every month you're making that payment, you're paying down the principal on that mortgage. If home values don't go up at all, you're still gaining, you know, every month by by that four savings of making that mortgage payment. So it's, you know, it's it's always a personal thing to buy a house. It's never, you know, you should never buy a house because your friend told you to do it or you you saw somebody online and and they talked about home ownership and how great it is and and you just want to get some of that. That's not it. It's buying when it's the right time for you. So as long as you're doing that, it doesn't really matter what the market is doing. And, and I think it's important to stress that, right? Josh and I are here to educate, to guide you, to empower you. We want you to be homeowners because we know the benefit of it long-term, but that doesn't mean you don't have, to, that doesn't mean you have to do it today. Renting is okay. There's nothing wrong with renting. I, I want to stress that. I think it's really important that we say that there's nothing wrong with renting as long as that's the right thing for you to do. You know, Dave Ramsey, you know, a guru out there, money guru basically says that that renting is essentially buying you patience. And, and you could look at that as an opportunity to buy patience to buy when it's the right time for you. So I think we're going to wrap it up there. What I'd like to ask is that if you find any value today, rate us, review us on on whatever pod, podcast platform you listen to. If you need access uh, to a mortgage professional, a real estate agent and want to have a conversation you know, no strings attached, just want to see where you're at. There's a link in the description below. And lastly, if there's something you want us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. 
But until then, we'll talk to you soon. Adios. Thanks for listening to The Educated Home Buyer. Want to connect with us or to a local expert in your area? Please reach out at theeducatedhomebuyer.com slash expert. If you found any value today, please be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. In addition, we ask that you share it with your friends and subscribe to us on YouTube. And make sure to follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening.